Hi, and welcome back to Wire to Wire with Nolan RECC. I'm Sarah Fellows, Communications Manager, and I have a special guest with me today, uh, Buddy Rosenberger. He's one of our longtime board members. Um, and recently, Buddy uh, has announced that you're not going to be running for re-election. Um, and so I wanted to take a chance to just sit down and talk to you a little bit about your time at Nolan. You've given a lot of years here, uh, and you've served our members well for a long time. Uh, so I wanted to just get a chance to chat with you about that. So but I don't know how well I've served. But anyway, I've served <laughs> you absolutely almost 45 have. years. So. For, right. So this this would have been your this will be your 45th year that you're serving uh, in District 1, right? Yes, ma'am. So what area does that cover, District 1? Well, originally uh, Mr. Earl Templeman was uh, the director from 1 and uh, he was president of Cecilia Bank. And so originally the area was from 86 uh, to the Hardin County line down in Breckenridge County through Cecilia. And then where it hit 62, mm -hmm. then it traveled 62 east and Ring Road wasn't there then. Right. But the bypass was, so it went through the bypass and then north on the bypass, everything on the west side of the bypass out to 31W, and then 31W through Radcliffe because we didn't have but five directors. So Lawrence Arlen was not a director, so I had all of Radcliffe. Wow. And then to the, uh, and then out uh, 144 or whatever the road was going out towards Mead County. Yeah. To, uh, Everybody knows where Otter Creek Tavern is. Yeah. Otter Creek Tavern, that's where the county line, and then over to 1600, down to Mead County line again. And wow. But that, was, that was a big area at the very beginning, that, wasn't it? That just shows how thinly populated. Right. And of course, uh, KU traveled pretty much the railroad tracks. Okay. So, Rineville, Cecilia, uh, Vine Grove, uh, Radcliffe really did not become a community. The fellow that my dad bought the farm I live on mm -hmm. in 1955 was owned by T. Brown Logston. Mm -hmm. And T. Brown Logston's farm, his home farm, was part of Radcliffe. And so uh, Radcliffe really didn't start development until after 1955. And so that's why it's my area, you know, it was a large area, but with only five directors and Bob Wade had uh, Glendale and then Kenner Peden was the other director. And Kenner lived out a Sportsman's Lake Road down towards uh, uh, Hart County, whatever. And then Howard Raglan right. lived in Magnolia and Lyman Williams lived kind of north uh, of uh, Hodgeville there. Mm -hmm. And so that was... So that's how you started. Yeah. yeah. But it's changed since then. Oh, now, yeah. if you look at the director's map now, you're, you're, up in the, you're still up in that upper kind of left-hand corner, uh, uh, you know, the, the yeah. western part of, northwestern yeah. part of kind well, of Hardin County, right? How, how, you know, the population mm -hmm. uh, out in the rural areas, which is not rural anymore. Right. And no. uh, 
with, with the districts, um, the, the way Nolan does that, and, and that's not why we're here to talk, but I want to just real quick, so people know, it, it really is kind of by population. Yeah, so you may have a... Equalize the population right. in each area. So you're not representing, one person's not representing way more yeah. people than, than another. So they kind of sometimes have to revisit that, right, through the years. Okay. So, so again, you've, you've served as a director, but in that time, you've done some other things as a director. So I know uh, you've sat on uh, the East Kentucky Board. Can you talk about some of the, the roles you've served? Well, uh, originally, uh, Howard Reagan, he was our director on the East Kentucky Board. And then, uh, I'm not sure what year uh, Howard uh, was uh, not re-elected from his area. They elected a new director. And so I, at that time, they appointed me as the assistant director in case Howard couldn't go. Okay. And so I was the assistant director. And I went with the East Kentucky a few times with Howard. And so when Howard wasn't reelected, the board said, well, why don't you just go ahead since you, mm -hmm. you know how to get up there anyway. So. <laughs> to represent Nolan on the East Kentucky board, yeah. right. Which, so real quick, just East Kentucky Power is our power provider in Winchester. So you, at, at that time, then you kind of, you came into that role of that, yeah, that, that board member. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, there were six, there were 16 distribution systems. Right. So there were 16 directors and the managers. And at that time, <clears throat> uh, the manager actually, except for Nolan, and of course, uh, uh, Mr. Tharp was a, was the manager right. when I started. And then Mr. Tharp, he retired, and Jack Cargo was assistant manager. And so then Jack started representing, was the, uh, and, uh, but anyway, there was kind of a, a, a period right there between Clem's retirement and all, and so, that's why they, I was assistant director. And so uh, then, uh, so then the, Jack Cargo was the assistant director. And if I couldn't go, then Jack could go and he could vote. Oh, okay. But well, so as a, so you've represented Nolan on the board there at, at East Kentucky. You've I also- think 30, 32 years. That's right, so that, yeah, that was, that was a pretty good chunk of your, yeah. of your time as a director here. And you've served as, as a role a specific role in the uh, on the Nolan board too, right? Well, yeah. Uh, of course, Howard was uh, secretary, and then uh, and then when we made uh, four, five, six directors, then Gene Straining was secretary, and uh, and when uh, anyway, then Gene moved up to vice chairman with Bob Wade, and then. Uh, I uh, was selected as uh, the secretary treasurer. Okay. So and you. And I, and I was, for a period of time, I was a secretary treasurer on East Kentucky's board. Okay. Also. So you've served in a lot of kind of different roles, even as your as your one role as director. So how how has the co-op changed? I know that um, obviously the the land around here has changed. You talked about it kind of going from you know far more rural to way more populated now than it you know more developments. Uh, well, but in terms of the co-op, like what what have you seen that's changed the most? Well, uh, of course the we during that period of time. Uh, Nolan's office was out on, down on 031W, 
the pole yard, they didn't have a lot of land. And so the pole yard was behind the office. And so uh, during Jack Cargo's tenure as manager, Nolan started looking for a, another area. And so there were several areas they, they, they looked at and finally they just selected this area right here. Mm -hmm. And Nolan purchased this and uh, subsequently sold the area that they originally had the office in. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm not sure how many years we've been in this new area here, but. I know it was uh, built, it was finished in the mid 90s, uh, right around in there, so it's, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. of course, with the area increasing in size and the number of members, uh, there's a lot, it need, they needed a, lot, a larger area for mm -hmm. the whole yard and uh, vehicles and everything else. Oh yeah. And so it wouldn't been, it would have been impossible to serve the area where it is now from, yeah. the, from that old area. Yeah, we, well, if, if people aren't familiar with that, it, the old office is across from where Warm Blessings is now, and it's it's really kind of landlocked right there. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a little grocery store, I, I know. And of course, we they for our lunch usually our meetings would would go over lunch hour, <laughs> and so a lot of them would order uh, dressed ham sandwiches and all this, and they used to make fun of me because I would always get just delivered cheese and bologna uh, with mayonnaise, and that was fine for me, so. <laughs> I have heard of your love of bologna. I've heard that. <laughs> so, so in changing in terms of just, you know, what, what the co-op has looked like physically, um, and then looking at the land, uh, talking about the development, I mean, obviously we're in a, a, a time of significant amount of development here, but, mm -hmm. but you've seen a lot um, since you moved, and I know you weren't originally from where you are now, the, the farm that you and your wife live we, on. Uh, you know, I grew up on a farm, and people say, oh, you lived in Louisville. And I said, no, it wasn't Louisville then. <laughs> Not like people our, think of Louisville our, now, our right? Yeah. Valley Station. Yeah. And it was in the southwestern part of Jefferson County. And our house, it was an old brick house. And all the old brick houses uh, faced the river because the river was the main uh, transportation. If you had animals or the ship to the stockyards, they, okay. they had what they called a, a drawbridge that they'd pull up and they let it down, you, farmers would drive the cattle. Oh, or if you lived close to a railroad, but the railroad was quite a distance okay. from where we lived. And so our, uh, our house was probably on much, much, much over 100 yards wow. from the Ohio River. So that's oh, where wow. I grew up. And, and uh, you know, there's advantages, but there's disadvantages. In 1937, because that was two years before I was born, the Ohio River was five foot deep in our house. And I was going to say all my dad's horses and oh no all oh that's awful seven and oh that's awful <laughs> and uh, but uh, that's part of life that's right I mean I guess that's part of farming and and part of living that close to a river my goodness so so then you I know you and your you and your wife married you you have yeah. the then, farm here out and then, in, and then uh, after 1937 Louisville planned to build a flood wall to protect. The next time it had a flood, so the, they built a flood wall, and eventually, it went right across to our farm where oh. I grew up. Oh wow! And they didn't, wouldn't, they couldn't, wouldn't allow you to drive livestock or pasture on that flood wall and things like that. So we had my dad and them started milking cows about 1930, right after the depression. 
because uh, you had to have some income and every, every farm or household whatever had a milk cow and you had to have enough milk to fill a 10 gallon can mm. and so they bought uh, enough cows from neighbors that they could do that so they'd have some income because nobody had any money to buy it. They, they, they mainly raised vegetables, tomatoes, lettuce, radishes and things yeah. like that, just truck garden. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, my dad said, uh, I, I mean, in 1965, uh, Carol Ann and I married, and he said, uh, do you want to take these, these cows? And they had purchased a farm down here in 1955, but they uh, never lived, we never lived down here or anything, but, and, and come down here and they would build, they'd build, put, he'd put me up a silo and a milking parlor, hmm. and the rest of it, if, if I made a go of it, then I could whatever. If yeah. I didn't, then that's all the expensive they had. So, so uh, we, uh, Carolyn and I, we came down here in November of 1965. And you made a go of it. And, uh, <laughs> well, you're still the, of, so. you're still there, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're still working at that goal. So. <laughs> Well, I know. Um, so I so I know you've seen that land. I mean, to have moved there in the '60s uh, to know, you know, I, I know we've talked uh, previously when we did another column about how how it changed the landscape there. Though, uh, you know, having so many more people in that area and it it, it feels less rural. And you made that comment earlier. Um, so is that one of the biggest changes you think well, you've seen? Well, you know, and some about changes uh, originally. When the REA uh, came in, uh, they, they got real low rate loans. And so they could serve rural areas. And they said, but you have to serve, anybody who wants electricity mm -hmm. and can pay, you have to serve them. Mm -hmm. So they pretty much ran the lines uh, as the crow flies, not along the roads, cross fields, over hills, whatever. Right. Shortest distance and, between two right, places, right? And, uh, but you know that was the cheapest way, but that wasn't the easiest way to maintain them. Right. And so uh, you, you, you have your electricity. I mean, it, would, it didn't go, it really didn't go out any more frequent than it did up Valley Station, hmm. where on LG and E. But uh, but it, it it was just hard to maintain. So during uh, Jack Cargill's when he was manager. He had plans to run the lines along in areas uh, along the roads, right. so that no land could maintain the lines, and and so it's really been a big benefit yeah. in our area because uh, with new poles and lines along the road, mm. our electricity is very seldom ever mm -hmm. out. It's, it's so, so much was, easier, yeah. yeah for our, was, and they yeah. did that not just in our area, but a lot of the areas. Mm -hmm. And well, so that was one of the big changes. And I think that's a that's a really interesting thing for people to think about because, like during the windstorm, for example, when you know we had to, you know, some of our trucks were trying to get in some you know, kind of hard to reach places, yeah. and you wonder, well, well, why are there poles and lines there? But I think that's a really good thing to point out in terms of why it was originally there. Uh, you know, and when when you're able to move them out to the road, but. But not all of them are there, so that's a really that's a really good point. Kind of interesting story. A neighbor of ours, he lives out. There's a big hill. I, I showed Sarah mm -hmm. Blue Ball Hill. That's right. And you so, can see for you yeah, can see for miles. Mr. Williard, Willis Williard, bless his heart. He he's passed away now, but he said, uh, 
I guess it was like 1938 is when uh, they received electricity or put out the lines. But you had to have five people uh, that wanted electricity. And uh, of course, they had to run a line over Blue Ball Hill because mm. Mr. Williard's farm and his house was on the west side. And another fellow was uh, Solly Nall. And so, uh, Mr. Mr. Williard's dad said, well, you know, I'd like to have electricity, but he had, it was only like maybe three people. And so he said, okay, I'll pay for two. And he went to Mr. Nall and he said, uh, would you sign up? And Mr. Nall said, well, you know, people have never had electricity, so they didn't see any advantage. Sure. And he said, well, I'll probably never hook up, never turn the lights on or anything. But he said, if you would like electricity, I'll go ahead and pay another five. I think it was five dollars they mm -hmm. had to pay. And so I thought that was interesting. And of course, usually all they did was hang a one light card uh -huh. down in the center of the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. Put a light bulb on it. And so, and, and so they, they ran the electricity over Blue Ball Hill to Mr. Williard. To get to Mr. Williard. Yeah. Now, did the other man ever use his light bulb, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I bet he did. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> so what has been, um, I mean, outside of just kind of navigating all of those changes, what has been the most challenging part for you uh, to be involved in the co-op, to be a, a co-op director? Well, Nolan has always had wonderful employees mm -hmm. and uh, if there were challenges and I'm sure you know there were a lot more challenges to the employees <laughs> and uh, but they pretty much uh, I mean I don't I don't really uh, can't really think of a really big challenge because uh, everything was, was really well planned with the wonderful employees and uh, you know the wonderful work conditions, mm -hmm. and I noticed uh, one of the recent emails uh, we get from the NRACA, and uh, I think it's up in Wisconsin, and they was because they they have problems maintaining employees and getting new employees. Wow! And I I don't think that's you know uh, thank goodness it's been a problem because we've always had you know wonderful managers and mm -hmm. wonderful staff and. Like Sarah, and it's just. Uh, I'll pay you later for that thing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's Nolan is just and look and Nolan is looked up to with the other sixteen systems or the other fifteen systems in East Kentucky's area and in the area in the systems in Big Rivers area also. So. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, it's because we have good directors too. <laughs> well. So, so what do you hope, and, and I know you're stepping off the board and, and uh, that makes all of us very sad, but what do you hope for in the future? How do you see kind of things moving forward, um, you know, beyond your years? Well, you know, what's in the future, mm -hmm. the technology, the little cell phones we have today, when I went on board, you know, they, they weren't available. Right, And right. Uh, I remember this one uh, director from uh, Farmers at East Kentucky, and he would come, and he had this great big, like a, a brick thing, yeah. and he put it on the table, and that was a cell phone. I mean, that was right. a cell phone. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It, and, but uh, the technology today is like, 
you don't have to read your meter anymore, mm -hmm. and and you really don't even need to call in if your electricity. That's right. Because Nolan has a 24-hour uh, people sitting, and if your electricity goes out, they know right then. He mm -hmm. quits blinking or whatever. That's right. From your meter. That's and, right. Uh, and, and these things are just, uh, you know, they're if you talked about them 30 years ago. Oh or, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of like. Uh, these what those movies we you know you watch Star Wars whatever it is you know, right just, right we got flying cars out there or whatever yeah so, so really we're looking at a future of of probably a lot of changes and and the, I think one of the really great things about the directors and the leadership at Nolin is that they've helped us to be flexible um, that you know as things come. At, you know, at the electrical industry, that that the board of directors and and leadership here have been really flexible about. Okay, how do we how do we move forward with that? You know, how do we take what's changing and and change with it? Because you know, if, and you've done that since your your first few days here. I'm sure at the co-op that you just learn what you have to learn and then and help the co-op change and grow. You know, into the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, in in most cases, you know if that suggestions or ideas that were brought to the board from staff, we knew they were well thought out. Mm -hmm. And usually we went along with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I can't think of any case that we did not go along with, with uh, suggestions or new ideas from staff or from whatever. So because we knew they were well thought out well, and that's made it a great work environment. It really has because you you don't you don't feel like the board's gonna you know shoot down an idea because they don't understand it because you all learn about it and and really believe in the people that that serve Nolan. So we appreciate that as as uh, employees. But in terms of what what you think you'll miss the most, and, and again, you're going to be a member, so you'll always be part of Nolan. But what do you think you'll miss being a director? Well, naturally, you make. You know, a lot of friends uh, at East Kentucky when it was on that board, you know, and, and it was, of course, Nolan, most, we're all pretty much the same culture. But uh, 30 years ago, uh, there was a, a different culture between far eastern Kentucky and the western part of the Kentucky, although we're not considered western here at no. Nolan, but yeah. kind of central area. but. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, just uh, the different, uh, just talking, to, making friends in different areas. And of course, we, we naturally, when we come in at a board meeting uh, for no land, you know, just a camaraderie you have with, uh, with the fellow directors. And we all seem to get along, although they, I do, I probably do more kidding and I should have. <laughs> well, we appreciate all the years that you have put into to Nolan and to the members here. And um, one of the things that's always impressed me about you is what a good heart that you have uh, and how how earnestly you want to serve this co-op. Um, and it's it's just it's just a part of who you are. And, and I've appreciated that getting to know you. And I know the co-op has been a better place for it. So thanks for sitting down and talking to me. It wasn't too bad, was it? No, no? I, okay. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us for Wire to Wire with Nolan RECC.